Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Now we will all count to twelve, and we will all keep still for once on the face of the earth. Let's not speak in any language. Let's stop for a second and not move our arms so much. It would be an exotic moment, without rush, without engines. We would all be together in a sudden strangeness. Fishermen in the cold sea would not harm whales, and the man gathering salt would not look at his hurt hands. Those who prepare green wars, wars with gas, wars with fire, victories with no survivors, would put on clean clothes and walk about with their brothers in the shade, doing nothing. What I want should not be confused with total inactivity. Life is what it is about. I want no truck with death. If we were not so single-minded about keeping our lives moving and for once could do nothing, Perhaps a huge silence might interrupt this sadness of never understanding ourselves and of threatening ourselves with death. Perhaps the earth can teach us, as when everything seems dead and later proves to be alive. Now I'll count up to twelve, and you keep quiet and I will go. Hello and welcome to Cop On Podcast, your freshly baked cream puff. Those scrumptious opening lines were from the great Chilean poet Pablo Neruda, as translated by Alistair Reed. And I certainly very much hope uh, that you enjoyed them, as I very much hope that you can enjoy the words that are about to Tickle your oracles over the next 45 minutes or so. Please send any feedback, reverb, or flange to coponpodcast at gmail.com and feel free to follow us on Twitter at coponpodcast. Now, on with the episode. Enjoy. So I'm delighted once again to be joined by Dave from Dave's LFC Chats. Absolutely lovely to have you with us, Dave. Um, how are you doing? I'm healthy. My family's healthy. My friends are healthy. Nobody actually has got the coronavirus yet, but um, hopefully they won't get it. And uh, just to be honest, Don, I'm just looking forward and hoping that the football can come back on as soon as possible. That's the main thing. It is indeed. It is indeed. Uh, one thing that I've, it just struck me the other day, um, I wouldn't call it any kind of revelation, but it was just, a, I don't know, a, a thought that uh, every day, you know, you can wake up and you can think, oh God, it's another day of, uh, you know, this bad situation, we've got to stay at home. Or you can look at it the other way, which is that we're one step closer, one day closer, one minute closer as they pass to a cure and to a way out of this. I mean, even, you know, you go back to history. This is the thing I've been studying in the lockdown. The Black Death, the bubonic plague, the pneumonic plague that killed people within 24 hours, or if it's the pneumonic plague, killed people within two hours 
of contracting it. Absolutely way more horrific than this one, even though this one is also bad. But, um, you know, it that lasted four years, okay? That sounds like a long time. But even that was over. And that's my point. You know, we, we got through that as humanity. We can stick together. We can stay safe. We can do as much as we can to stay safe. And uh, we're going to get through all this together. But I'm delighted that your family and your loved ones are all well, Dave. That's very, very good news. Let's talk about the footy or the lack of it. But uh, let's talk about UEFA. Very interesting. They had a video conference the other day with 55 different federations. I don't know if they used Zoom, uh, but, uh, you know, I would have liked to have hacked that. I don't know quite how to hack Zoom calls. So if any of our listeners do know, then do send me the instructions, coponpodcast at gmail.com. But anyway, what came out of that was that, uh, you know, UEFA basically said that they want this season um, to finish, or if it can't be finished, they used a, a, a phrase like sporting merit. They have to use some kind of sporting merit to award people um, league positions so that, uh, you know, the Champions League and, and, and UEFA competitions next season can, you know, have the right people in it or the right teams in it. Uh, you know, their talks of playoffs or something like that. This idea originated in sport. Spain, where you know you, you sort of invent your own little format so maybe Manchester United and Sheffield United could just play uh, a couple of playoff games to decide on that last Champions League place assuming City's ban will be upheld but Dave I want to get your thoughts on it uh, the future the idea of um, you know if not voiding the season then cancelling it uh, what do you reckon? I think void in the season, even though it's not off the table, is, is, is getting further away. I think, luckily for Liverpool, I think that merit thing, although it's going to be hard, even, even on merit, because of the fact that you'll also have promotion from Championship and the League 1 and League 2, but what you'll also have is relegation. I mean, I just don't know how, like relegation from the Premier League to the Championship and then someone coming up from the Championship to the Premier League, it's a lot of money. It's so much money nowadays, it's unbelievable. Um, playoff for Europa League and Champions League places. But to be honest, all I care about really own, I'm sure Liverpool fans listening to this, is about Liverpool and winning the title for the first Premier League title and the 19th League Championship. That's that's all I care about. We were 25 points clear before all this, this pandemic uh, came into focus and I mean, it was only a matter of time before we would win it. So surely we, we will win it. I know I've heard UEFA president people saying, oh, surely Liverpool will win it and stuff. But you just don't know what will happen. I think the new Premier League manager or the new Premier League chairman was uh, sworn in, even though he doesn't start till June. He's a banker. Hoffman, his name is, I think, a good name for a banker. I think he's a British banker, but he's come in as the Premier League um, uh, man, the Premier League itself CEO. And he'll be taking charge. And when there's money involved with bankers, you know, they will try not lose any money. So I just can't see null and void at all coming into into play. It just doesn't make sense money-wise. Uh, how they play behind closed doors, how they do it with this coronavirus, it hasn't gone away. Even if even if it, it eases down, the deaths go down, the transmissions go down, they flatten the curve, as they say. It's still going to be a job to put on a Premier, even one Premier League game, saying the neutral ground, with you've, you've 
the squads, each squad will have 20 players and maybe masseuses and trainers and security and cameramen. And I mean, you're talking two or 300 people per game, at least without fans. And then uh, it's just going to be mind boggling. I know we talked about this about a month ago and it's got harder as the days and the weeks have gone by. I just hope we can get the league done and dusted. I don't care if it's handed to us, to be honest, at this stage, because it'll probably have a little asterisk in the bottom corner going, the season was null and the season was called and Liverpool, even though they didn't officially win a type of thing, they were they were given it because they were so far ahead. But to be honest, it, it's 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 so hard. It's so hard to say what way it's gonna go. And I really I really don't know what way it's gonna go. I hope it's played behind closed doors because I wanna win it. I wanna win it the right the right way. I wanna win it as in points total. I wanna win it mathematically. We can't be caught and then two more wins and that's it, Liverpool crown champions that's the proper sporting way to do it but I suppose all cards are on the table it's hard to know what's going to happen but um, it's going to be very very interesting anyway yeah it's a great answer it's, it, what strikes me about it is the uh, the the money side of it I mean yeah you mentioned uh, promotion relegation from the Premier League uh, but money is such a you know an influencing factor unfortunately on uh, on football on on, on modern society, I mean, it's always been that way, I think, since money was invented. But, uh, you know, if we if we zoom in and look at the sort of present situation with the, uh, with the footy, I think if they can start next season in August um, as usual, if you like, uh, then all of the matches of the Champions League, the qualifying matches, the first round matches, I don't think UEFA, I think that, that I mean, I'm just you know, guessing, estimating, guesstimating that the, the, the money involved in the Champions League is way above uh, the money involved in the Premier League um, in, in total. So I think UEFA would want to prioritise that if it's possible, as in they wouldn't want what for me is a more sporting way to finish is you know, to finish the season and then have a shorter season next season. So the 2021 season could be chopped in half or something like that. I think that would equal a lot of money lost for UEFA in Champions League revenue. I think, I don't know how it works, but this is a, this is just uh, me, you know, thinking off the bat. And uh, that's the thing that sort of scares me about uh, this season ending up being cut short because... The Dutch league yesterday, as we were recording this, was uh, was voided under some pressure from the Dutch government. Um, and a team that you might not have heard of called Cambuur, uh, C-A-M-B-U-U-R, were 11 points clear in the Dutch second division. And uh, they said, I think it was their chairman who said, this feels like the biggest disgrace in the history of Dutch sports. We had UEFA on our side, the clubs were on our side, and we were 11 points ahead. UEFA asked for fair decisions, but this isn't one. So that's some bad news for the voiding, uh, you know, for the for the voiding situation. But then some good news. Um, there's an excellent interview uh, by Gary Lineker uh, of Alfonso Davis, the young whiz kid Canadian left back from Bayern Munich, who's talking about you know how the German players are back in training. Um, according to Fergus, friend of Copon, hello Fergus, if you're listening, um, Fergus says that the Portuguese, he lives in Portugal, and he said the Portuguese league is starting training again. 
uh, possibly as soon as Monday. So that's all exciting news for the idea that the the you know with all respect to the Dutch league, but the, the you know the very top leagues in Europe will start playing again sooner rather than later. So we can hope for that. And I feel very sorry for Campbell. Um, in other news, Dave, it's been three calendar years since we more than that since we lost at anfield the last defeat was on the 23rd of april 2017 it's a remarkable record 55 matches 45 wins 10 draws and no losses three years unbeaten at anfield what about it dave uh just you know reminiscing about the the brilliance of our home form in the Premier League. It's just almost too many brilliant memories, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's Fortress Anfield uh, with a capital F. When, when you think about it, I mean, I remember the game well. I think Palace beat us, actually. Uh, Christian Benteke got two. Coming back to haunt us, ex-Liverpool player who never really made it at Anfield. But um, three years, I mean, it's an unbelievable record. For any team, you look at all the great sides throughout history in Europe and the world, they always have a good record. I know it's a psychological thing. You say football's players, 11 players, 22 players on the pitch, you know, with a, with, a, with a ball. Psychologically, what's the difference between all the pitches are similar size and, you know, what's the difference between home and away other than the crowd? And psychologically, it's always the home team. Have a, you have a better home record than an away record, usually, anyway. It's, it's just, Anfield just is special, though. We, we all know what about Anfield. Anfield nights, and especially in Champions League, but even in the league, it, it's a special place, the, the crowd, the town, the city, Liverpool itself is special, the people, the Scousers themselves, obviously. But that record, three years without a loss, um, I know it, it's hard to believe, it really is. I mean, I, I, if someone would have said to me back at the Palace game when we lost and I was feeling down, I remember coming home, I was watching it in the pub and I was coming home that day from that game. I was actually, Klopp wasn't, well, Klopp came in on October 15, but we hadn't got to... Uh, We'd been to Sevilla final in 16 and the League Cup final in 16, which we both lost, of course. And 17 was a big year for us, as in we wanted to get Champions League football. And, uh, of course, uh, we did. <laughs> that was the big year. Uh, I think Middlesbrough last game of the season. But that was, that was, I think, a wake-up call as well for us, that loss at Anfield, you know. A kick up the arse, maybe, as well, what we needed at the time. Obviously, it's what we needed at the time because we went three years without losing again. So... You know, you obviously need little injections, little catalysts um, in football and in life and in everything. And um, sometimes losing is a good thing, you know. And, and in that case, three years ago, it was a good thing because three years later, we haven't lost at home. It's been unbelievable. And our home record and some of the wins have been just crazy, crazy wins. Um, some of the performances have been just beautiful uh, in the league, of course, is what I'm talking about. But it's just streamlined. Uh, Klopp, the legend. The boss, the king, this means more. It does indeed. It does indeed. And looking at our record, there's an excellent, uh, very easy to read uh, results uh, website called uh, Soccerway. It's got lots of other things on it as well. But uh, it's very good if you look at Liverpool's page on Soccerway.com. It just just very simply puts all the results down there. You can choose home, away, different competitions. And right in front of me, I've... Um, I've got our results at home. Um, 
The only limitation on this site is the amount of space when you have such an intergalactic team such as Liverpool because they can't fit our unbeaten record on the page. Uh, it, go it goes back to the 28th of October 2017, Liverpool 3, Huddersfield Town nil, And since then, there's not one red result for, uh, which may means a loss. There are only several yellow results, which means a draw going from the 28th of, of October 2017 to the 13th of December 2017. There were five home matches. We drew three of them. Um, and since then, we've only drawn, and I God knows how many matches. This is about 60 matches. <laughs> I don't know. We've, we've, uh, we've, we've drawn four and we've won the rest and we're currently on i didn't know i didn't realize this until i saw it a 22 match home winning streak we've won our last 22 matches at home dave this is nuts this is this you know it's not just the fact that it means more this is this is way out of anyone's territory of meaning this is just beyond sense this is crazy kooky land this is la la land and there have been some absolutely beautiful results there um you know what stands out for me i remember liverpool 2 tottenham uh, 1 coming back from being 1-0 down after a few minutes at home that was a great result liverpool 2 chelsea nil for example liverpool 3-1 against arsenal back in august with uh, Mo Salah absolutely flummoxing Sideshow Bob, David Luiz there. Um, and, you know, this season there have been some just superb results. My favourite ones, probably 3-1 against Manchester City. I thought that was a very difficult match, uh, but a brilliant result, some glorious goals. Great to watch us destroy their spirit. Uh, and... After that, 5-2 against Everton back on the 4th of December. Um, and 4-0 uh, against Southampton. I was there for that one on the 1st of February. Absolutely delicious result. I was so happy to be there. Uh, but then the one for me that got me most excited, though, in all of this run, um, well, since Divock 90 plus 6, where I screamed and all the Dogs in the neighbourhood came running towards my apartment because it was that high-pitched. Was Liverpool 2, Manchester United nil on the 19th of January. Um, and that match, uh, Mo Salah took his top off. Alisson ran the length of the pitch to celebrate with him. And for me, I did both, Dave. I took my top off and I was running the whole length of the pitch, but, you know, the equivalent inside my apartment, just round and round the table, much flinging my Liverpool shirt over my head, swirling it around. What are some of your favourite memories from these monstrous, monstrous wins, Dave? Uh, one, the, one of the early games, the game in October, uh, Leicester, uh, Liverpool, Leicester City at Anfield, um, Mane scored just before half time. Madison got a goal late on, and I was I was at the game myself in Liverpool, and I was like this, and we got a penalty. Mane got a penalty deep in injury time, and Millie Vanilli stepped up, the irrepressible, the expert penalty taker, the man with nerves of steel, to slot it home for two one in deep deep in injury time. That was huge. Um, what are the games? Of course, the United game at Anfield was huge as well. Uh, Salah with the with the top off, as you said. I say the site with you, the top off was some site. Um, 
<laughs> there are pictures. There are pictures, but they're never getting published. It's just my girlfriend is keeping them as sort of blackmail. It, it's a bit like uh, Pajak nudes, is it? This is own nudes, yeah. <laughs> but uh, hashtag own nudes. But um, no, listen. Any home game has been brilliant. But I mean, obviously the the city one stands out three uh, one. That that was the reason that stands out. Not only are city the next rivals to us, the biggest rivals to us, but the very fact that city played very well on that day. I mean, people forget city were really good that day. We, we we took our chances. They had other chances. We took our chances, and it just thought that was the day that it just said we mean business this season. We absolutely mean business this season. Three nil, probably flattered us a little bit. Three nil or three one, sorry, but what a win that was! And we just went from strength to strength to strength at home, and just just being unbelievable. But I, I think what a huge win actually was was the game we we won just before. The game stopped. Uh, I think it was um, Bournemouth. I think was it Bournemouth we played. It uh, was Bournemouth two one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that was a huge win because we had we had lost to uh, we had beat we had been beaten by Watford three nil the following week, and everybody was thinking about rot setting in there. We had a huge we have a huge margin of error there, you know. But still, I just think that was a huge game just to get the win under the belt, get the three points. It was a nervy win two one. But uh, that that was a huge win, and um, I'm just hoping on. I'm 30, 30 years waiting here. Thirty years. There's cobwebs on me waiting for this trophy, and it just has to come home. I mean, we were unlucky last year. A point in it. I thought we could have, should have won it. Could have, should have won it last year. We won the Champions League, which was a nice little caveat to have in the background. But this year, it's been all about the league. All our eyes have been on the league, to be honest. And it would be a travesty amongst travesties if we don't get it this year now any which way we can i can't uh, yeah i mean i mean you could talk about the money like i said before you know being a huge factor in what will happen because uh, it's the in the end it's the money men who decide uh but you know you would think if they you know imagine if uefa did decide to to call to cancel this season i mean of course everton fans will uh, forever um, be happy about it, and uh, seems like most of the country would. Uh, someone wrote on Twitter that you know everybody said how Liverpool fans would be unbearable if we do actually win the league. But uh, you know, it's actually the other teams, fans of other teams, who have been pretty much unbearable because it seems like absolutely everybody's well, not everybody, but lots of people are reveling in the fact that we we haven't uh, we haven't won it yet. But like, if UEFA did void it, cancel the season, if uh, the Premier League did, if anybody did, there would be, I mean, I hope, you know, there's no actual riots, but there would, it's going to be close, isn't it, Dave? I mean, they, 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 they cannot void it because the backlash from the millions of Liverpool fans would be would be utterly extreme, surely. Whereas if the other way, if they say, well, okay, we'll give it to Liverpool, then you know, the rest of the fans, you would think, would, would sort of begrudgingly accept the fact. I mean, surely UEFA and the Premier League, they have to take into consideration the backlash from Liverpool fans, wouldn't you say? Yeah, of course. But not only would they have a backlash from the Liverpool fans if, if they voided, I'd say they'd have one hell of a court case on their hands, to be honest with you, uh, from Liverpool. And look, look at Liverpool, I mean, we're going to probably talk about it, but this, this, this transfer window coming up this summer... It's got to be crazy uh, in more ways than one. Plus, Nike coming into Liverpool 
uh, huge deal. Nike looking after the kits and looking after all the trainings and apparel and stuff. They certainly would love Liverpool having that gold Premier League champions badge coming in the first year, taking over. Like, what a dream for them. Perfect timing for them, you know? Liverpool 30 years waiting on the league and Nike come in, global brand, bang, Liverpool are champions. I mean, that's dreamland. But I, I just, void would be the extreme. I still think there's a percentage chance that it could happen because it's possible. I know the Dutch, the Dutch league was voided, but at the top, when you look at it, I think... Uh, Ajax were on top, and AK uh, Alkmaar, AZ Alkmaar were second, but I think there was only goal difference between them, and there was only six points between first and third, so they were quite tight at the top, whereas we're 25 points clear. 25 points clear, but only six points needed mathematically, possibly even less, depending on if City win their two games. But I, I just, league-wise, merit you'd hand the league to Liverpool. But I, I want to win it sort of thing. I, I, I don't like the little asterisks beside the name. If it's the only option and they say well we're going to avoid it or you're going to have an asterisk beside your name and win the league you'll take the asterisk of course but obviously you want to win it you want to win it properly on mathematics and we deserve to win it we've been the best team you add up a points tally over the last two seasons it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous so if they voided it and we didn't win it we start scratch again next year i would not be happy but another thing i'm just thinking as well if the league does come behind closed doors hopefully in maybe late june or early july and they play out the last nine or ten games. You could probably see that as being part of the preseason. The preseason, even though it'd be more competitive and it'd be more more at stake, you could you could use that as a preseason to precursor to the start of the season in late August, early September. So you'll get your nine or eight or nine preseason games, which will be, of course, televised and will mean things. They'll they'll be something to do with relegation and promotion and Champions League and Europa League places. But it'll also be good for the players because it'll give them eight or nine games of pre-seasons. That'll be their pre-season. And then they can take a week and start the season off maybe in late August or September. So that could be another possibility. But uh, I'm absolutely hoping. I am dreaming that there is no void. I, I just can't see it. Too much money involved. Yeah, that is a very good point, actually. We could treat it like a pre-season, absolutely. Rotate. I mean, hopefully we'll get the two wins that we need. And then uh, rotate the you know the, the team a lot to, to, to make sure everybody's ready for next season. Very interesting. And you mentioned Nike uh, before. Um, let's move on to talk about the kits. Uh, because, you know, I put a very, very scientific poll up on Twitter, uh, which had 46 votes. Uh, and it, the question was very simply, how do you rate Liverpool's rumoured new home and, and away kits? Of course, the very strong rumours are that uh, the new one is, is, is red with the uh, white and green bands. And the away one uh, I could only describe as toothpaste marble. Um, you had four options shite all right good or great and uh, the majority 47.8 percent of those 46 presumably liverpool fans voted all right so what do you make of the designs dave i would have voted shite in my own poll but i'm not the demographic that they're after i'm sure they're after younger um, more energetic fans than me and uh, certainly ones that buy kits more often than me. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, I, I, I just find the concept kits that people are, you know, circulating about much better than these rumoured uh, new 
uh, official Nike kits. That's just my opinion, of course. Uh, but uh, I wonder what you make of them, Dave. Maybe you think they're great, and that would be fine too. Um, I actually did a video on my Dave's LFC Chats channel about the kits the other day. Um, the home kit, the red with the the league night home kit, with the red with the white down the side and a bit of like a like a cyan green going through it. I think it was, was a rumoured home kit. It's very plain. It's plain, Jane. I actually gave a six out of ten. Um, I have a feeling that could be the home kit. It looked it looked proper. It, it, Nike like their fairly plain kits. I mean, you look at the they do a lot of international kits. Nike the Portuguese kit it reminded me very similar to the Portuguese home kit. Um, so that is possibility, but it was very plain. That that away kit you're talking about that toothpaste green marbly cyan Eurovision something like it where you'd see someone wearing on a seventies oh, Eurovision video. I just, I didn't like that. That was ridiculous. That was disgraceful. I've seen a lovely black and gold version. I'm hoping, similar to Allison's uh, goalkeeper jersey, that was beautiful. And there was another version of black and like a shiny purple going through it. That was beautiful as well. But, um, I mean, uh, concepts. But, I mean, I, I think the red one could be real. And that away kit, I'm hoping that Eurovision away kit is not because that was absolute shite. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you very much. Thank you for your for the, thank you for your opinion. Um, I actually preferred the toothpaste marble, but I would give them I would give that one a sort of three out of ten, and the home kit two out of ten. There you go. There's my quick review of the, of those uh, kits. Um, yeah, what else has been happening? Uh, we've had yoga videos. We've had um, uh, Diane Lovren. What do you make of this? Diane Lovren apparently is an anti-vaxxer, uh, which means that he's against vaccines, like uh, top tennis stars uh, Djokovic and uh, what's the other guy called? I always get confused with uh, Nuri Sahin, but uh, uh, I can't remember his name. But uh, they're, they're also anti-vaxxer sports stars. I find that a very dangerous point of view uh to be anti-vax um but uh dayan lovren apparently he's won dave does that does that change your opinion of the big man what do you reckon to it no it doesn't change the opinion of him i mean he, his, his own personal opinion is, is his own personal opinion what he does on the pitch is the opinion all i care about but um yeah it is dangerous for the fact that if people are listening to you and anybody who's young kids or people that are impressionable of course anybody who's in the limelight to say anti-vaccines or you know, goes against, let's say, modern science is, is can only be a bad thing. I mean, look at look at Trump, <laughs> look at Trump in the states for God's sake. I mean, injecting Dettol or uh, disinfectant into your veins kills the coronavirus. But I mean, what a, what a joke that was. I mean, that's similar. I mean, anti-vaccines huge in the world. That's a problem. That's another thing about the coronavirus. I mean, even if they do get a vaccine, which could be a year or nine months away, you'll still have the anti-vaxxers saying they're not taking it anyway. I mean, it is dangerous. Um, in the celebrity culture that we live today, because I think celebrities get far too much airtime given their opinion. And, uh, you know, certainly shouldn't be listening to celebrities if they're footballers or movie stars or pop stars. They, they shouldn't be getting any more airtime on what to do or socially, social situations or political situations. I think, they, to be honest, they should keep their mouth shut. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I would urge anybody, I mean, this is a this is a, a problem of humanity, I think, uh, is that, you know, we're very, very quick to, to, to jump to conclusions that we think are right. Now, I'm not saying Diane Lovren is wrong. Um, all I'm suggesting anybody does is look at the facts as much as possible, do as much of your research and 
dis make decisions based on the facts rather than what you believe to be the facts and that involves some research that involves asking some fundamental questions like who is promoting the anti-vaxxers because i can see Dayan lovren doing it i can see djokovic doing it and neither of those are doctors i could see the who recommending that vaccines are good i could see that um you know there's a a famous band um, that was promoted by Damon Album, absolutely fantastic group. I can't remember what they call for the moment, but they what they one Probably of them called the Who. <laughs> the Who, very the good. Who. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure it was uh, Roger Daltrey, but uh, no, one of their one of their um, band members is in is in a wheelchair because he suffered from polio, and uh, you know he, they did this beautiful song about how you make sure you get your children vaccinated against polio, and I would rather listen to somebody like that than a sports star but what i'm saying is anybody out there do your research and make your own informed opinion by looking at the facts and i was very very saddened to see that 30 people according to one headline in new york have inject ingested uh disinfectant and are now in hospital just because donald trump said that they should uh, don't just listen to people and believe it don't just listen to me and believe it i don't know what i'm talking about i teach english and uh, i do a podcast and uh, i play guitar and i've got absolutely no medical history all i'm going uh you know history of, of medical studies i mean um my medical history is quite long and uh, quite a good read but um you know all i'm suggesting that you do is find out for yourself Please, listeners, please. Anyway, these yoga vids, they're quite good. Nabby lad, all that stuff. Um, you know, are, are you keeping up your exercise, Dave? Are you doing yoga with the lads? What are you doing? <laughs> Nabby lad. Nabby lad. That was so funny. That was, oh, my God. That was very funny. Um, keeping, up with, keeping up with the Joneses, you mean? Um, doing a bit of walking and running around. Lucky I have a decent back garden that I've, I run around my little girl, she's nine, so she keeps me busy and active uh, on the trampoline and stuff like that. But um, walking, walking's a good therapy. Even walking is good as you have your earphones on. Listening to this podcast would be a very good idea. But um, yeah, I'm have, I've been watching some of the lads doing their videos and their training videos. They'd be more comical than actually doing train, training. And they'd be more comedy and funny to watch than actually doing training. I think Joe Wicks does the thing uh, as well. He's, he's, a, he's a British guy, does... Uh, training for the kids in the morning time. The little girl has been doing one or two of his uh, workouts, uh, Joe Wicks. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I think mentally, obviously, a good, a good old-fashioned pacey walk, a bit of fresh air, maybe a podcast on, maybe bring your dog for a walk, maybe just go on your own for a walk is always a good thing. Uh, as we know, mental health is a big thing in this isolation, social isolation thing. Mental health is just as big, probably even bigger, than physical health so if anything both both will probably work with a good good old-fashioned walk as i said mental health and physical health so you can you can uh do two of them at one walk absolutely brilliant advice yeah thank you very much dave uh we don't have too much time um i just want to 
quickly I, i've just got a couple more things really if you if you don't mind too much uh just answering what you think uh, about the timo Werner, the latest rumors of course of rumors but widespread rumors is that he wants to join liverpool we are not sure if liverpool want to sign him or not but that surely is is a good thing um you know i heard rumors another rumor because you know there's nothing else to do apart from start rumors these days that uh you know some from one you know very very unreliable source that um liverpool may not sign anyone again uh, this summer so my question to you dave is whether it's Werner, whether it's someone else we talked talked about Werner and jade on santa and these people already but how essential is it that we get somebody this summer okay i'm actually going to expand on this a bit as well obviously with timo time timo Werner, but um it's like a good fleetwood mac album the, me- the amount of rumours that have been going on for the last <laughs> for six months, 12 months with Timo Werner. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. <laughs> but um, yeah, Timo Werner, the team about Timo Werner is, it's got, I think it's 52 million release clause uh, in June, so it has to be triggered before then. The thing, I, Edward Woodward as well mentioned something the other day about this transfer window coming up won't be the big transfer window because of the pandemic, of course, and because the clubs are losing money left, right and centre. Even the super clubs are losing money. And I actually think he's right. I can't see 100, 200 million Mbappes and even Jaden Sancho's going anywhere this season. I think clubs are going to stick tight with what they have, try to tie down their players. And luckily for us, Liverpool have a perfect squad. If we can tie Genie down to a contract, maybe Lalana. Lalana's contract runs out, maybe keep him for another year. We also have a fantastic youth squad and system coming up through. Two or three players out of that can easily slot into the 20. I did a video yesterday with Jack Gill from Redmen Academy, and he knows all about the under-23s and Liverpool's youths. And as we were talking about yesterday, the likes of Curtis Jones has been banging on the door now for 12 months. He can fit in straight away, even if Lalana needs leaves. He'd be a perfect Perfect to fit into Lalana slot. Young Harvey Elliott, ready to rock and roll. Nico Williams, fullback. We've got Kiana Hoover, ready to go. Even Young Keller, who's backup goalkeeper. We have got the players there. We've got a beautiful squad. We don't have to sell anybody. Um, Dejan Lovren. I mean, we, we, we've got the settled squad. I'd love to see Werner. I could pot- He's the only one I can see, maybe. Maybe Werner, that's it. Maybe one leave, one come in. But I can't see wholesale changes to most clubs, to be honest. But the good thing for us is we don't have to make wholesale changes. The likes of United, even City need an overhaul. United need an overhaul. Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs, all those teams need fresh blood and need to do something. Plus, they have players coming to the end of contracts. They have to sort them out. We're in a lot better place. We're in a great position. I think maybe one, max two players. I can't see more than that. Werner would be perfect. He's a club player. He's a great finisher. He's pacey. He's Red Bull boy. He's he's Leipzig. He know he's no nabby. He's just a perfect fit for us. He's someone we need up front. He gives us that extra dimension going up front. So if anybody's going to come in, I can see Werner. I can't see the likes of Mbappe. I can't see the likes of Sancho. Uh, Sancho. I just can't see the big, big hundred million, two hundred million pound signings. I just can't see them with the the, the economics involved. The way the football is now. Plus, another thing you have to remember is, I think it, the obscenity of it. Even the likes of Madrid and Barcelona. I mean, Spain itself has been ravaged. One of the one of the main countries, Italy as well, have been ravaged by from this virus. Twenty plus thousand killed, thousands in hospital. You think Madrid 
would spend 200 million, say, on Mbappe. The obscenity of it, the money obscenity of it, and you have people dying in hospitals, and you've 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 like small shops and small businesses, small SMEs struggling on the ground, and Madrid or Barcelona come along and buy someone for 200 million. I just think the obscenity part of it would turn clubs off this season. I think it's going to be a quiet. Low knees are going to come into effect as well. They're going to have a lot of low knees, a lot of freeze, and a lot of two or three young players from the from the youths being promoted. I think that's across the board. All the top leagues are going to do that. You might see the odd big transfer, but it's going to be seriously quiet. I just think the obscenity factor will turn a lot of clubs off. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. Something just occurred to me as well is about uh, you know FFP about the. Uh, you know, financial fair play, of course, when, uh, you know, you have um, clubs that need to stay within their means and their means have been so badly hit, like even, yeah, as you say, the top clubs, um, that, uh, you know, that maybe they, they just can't afford it, you know, to stay within FFP rules. Uh, and so, you know, I hope Liverpool are very careful about that to avoid any uh, repercussions down the line that we don't uh, overspend just for the sake of it. But yes, that does seem um, like a realistic situation that we won't sign uh, many people. But uh, I, I think it's, I think it's crucial to sign one more attacker. I really do because uh, uh, in midfields we can, you know, we can play um, Curtis Jones, as you say. Harvey Elliott's coming through. For me, he looks more like a sort of number more of a number eight than a than a right winger but that's just my opinion we'll see how he develops he's still growing he's only 16 17 absolutely incredible um but yeah you're absolutely right dave you're absolutely right uh so just just uh one more thing i mean it's just you know we're, we're just going to look at the, the premier league defeats at Anfield under Jurgen Klopp because yet again I will remind you listeners we've just passed the three-year mark since we lost at home but actually the great record started before that there was an excellent tweet by at en route Anfield um, who just pointed out the simple fact Premier League defeats at Anfield under Jurgen Klopp are as follows 2015 we lost once 2016, we lost once. 2017, we lost twice. 2018, zero. 2019, zero. And of course, this year, still zero. So we're just going to end on a bit of praise for the man, the 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 man, the the myth, the legend, and uh, he calls himself normal, Jurgen Klopp. Dave, just give us a bit of bit more praise about the gaffer. <laughs> Boom! Oh, what a... Jürgen Normal Klopp. Jürgen Norbert Klopp. Wow. I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> he is just... I actually... It's just coincidence. Because we've had so much time to do videos and stuff, I did another video on uh, Jürgen Norbert Klopp from a, in pictures on Dave's LMC Chats where he's from a kid all the way up through his Mainz... Uh, time when he was a player manager he was a player there at Mainz in Germany won promotion with them as manager I think in 2004 and then he went to Dortmund in 2008 won the league title twice won the double in 2012 with Dortmund obviously Bayern everybody stood up against that then he came to Liverpool the legend became became real in October 
2015 and Liverpool have never looked back since. What what a dream. He's actually made for Klopp. Or Liverpool are made for Klopp. Klopp's made for Liverpool. It's as simple as that. I mean, I, another thing about Klopp as well, though, another huge thing, and people forget, remember all the hullabaloo about Buvac when Buvac was at Liverpool and he was going to be the, the next big thing. Him, him and Buvac, they had a falling out. Nobody really knows what went on there and everybody was wondering when Buvac left that we are going to go downhill. Obviously, we went from strength to strength. I think Pep Linders stepped in and stepped up another level. And to be honest, I think Pep Linders, ahead of even Steven Gerrard, could be the next, uh, hopefully not for a long time, but could be the next Liverpool manager, maybe in three or four or five years' time when Klopp leaves. Pep Linders would be a perfect fit. But Klopp himself, what a dream. He's in the Shankly mould, isn't he? I mean, he's as close to Shankly, that type of... He's good at speaking. He's a good orator. He's funny. He's serious. He says the right thing all the time. He says it with a smile, with those beautiful, white, shiny teeth. He's, he's articulate. He's tall. He's very tall. He just, he just has everything. I'd love to have a beer with him. And that maybe not even talk about football. I think he's mad about Genesis. He's mad at the Genesis uh, music and the Beatles and stuff like that. Maybe in our movies. Maybe just talk about that. Not even football, but what a guy. We should, listen, guys, we should be just happy that Jurgen Norbert Klopp is the manager of Liverpool and hope he stays for another few years to come. Absolutely, Dave. Brilliantly said. Absolutely brilliantly said. Yet yeah, he's the man for us. He's absolutely perfect as our manager. Uh, holds the fort, holds it all together, building a dynasty, building one of the greatest sides we've ever seen. Um, it's absolutely terrific. Um but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, as you say, long may it continue. Uh, but uh, we we cannot continue now. Do you see what I did there? Seamless, seamless. Because um, now we got it. We we're coming to the end, Dave. Where this is the end of the episode. I want to thank you a million and urge our listeners do check out Dave's brilliant videos on Dave's LFC chats. Uh, he's on Twitter. He's on YouTube. Absolutely terrific stuff. Uh, Dave, thank you very much. Always great to have you with us. Thank you very much, Owen, and thanks to all the Super Reds worldwide. Stay safe. This means more. You'll never walk alone. Marvellous.